attention architects, and creative minds. Get ready to supercharge your brand with Build Your Brand, the podcast that's unlocking the secrets of branding success for creatives. Hey there, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my friend, architect marketing expert, Jeff Eccles at Build Your Brand Podcast, where he explores the captivating stories of the world's top brands and transforms their lessons into powerful moves for small firm architects and creatives like you. In season one, Jeff shares the thrilling tale of Southwest Airlines, where he dissects their journey to the summit and distills it into strategies tailor-made for you. It's important to keep in mind that companies like Southwest compete in the real world, just like you, and face real-world challenges, just like you. You might be surprised at how similar those challenges are to the struggles that you grapple with on a day-to-day basis. Don't miss out on your blueprint for success. Subscribe, tune in, and let's build your brand together. You may have noticed that the very best brands in the world are also known for having somewhat unique corporate cultures. That's often the glue that holds everything together when they encounter those rough spots. We don't do it because it inconveniences the passengers to whom we are primarily dedicated, the short haul uh, frequent flyer. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Your Brand today. Remember, no matter the size, the journey's the same. Your brand's journey to the top starts here. Hey, it's Jeff here. What you're about to hear is the recording from our weekly Context and Clarity live show that I co-host with Catherine McPhail. Every week, we bring in a special guest that will help us dig even deeper and find even more clarity around the most popular context and clarity topics. This version of context and clarity is simulcast to Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube and Twitch. Oh, and did I mention that they're live? We're operating without a net, so we may hit a few rough patches and stumble every once in a while. But I think these guests and these conversations are important enough that we really shouldn't keep them to ourselves. So with that, let's jump into this week's episode. All right, Entree Architect community, it's 4 p.m. Eastern, which means it's time for the Entree Architect Context and Clarity Live conversation for Thursday, June 24th. 2021. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. As you're coming in today, say hi. We This is our simulcast, our live version. So we know that we are broadcasting to all points around the internet. So say hi when you get here. Let us know where you are. Where in the world are you? Uh, if you are on Facebook, you might notice that we've got comments streaming on the right side of the screen and we see a couple of Facebook users on there. Uh, don't see any names at this point. One of the reasons that you see Facebook user, maybe you pop up as Facebook user, is that because we are broadcasting to a private group on Facebook, Facebook's privacy policies will not allow us to release your name unless you give us permission. So there is a uh, there's a URL in the bottom left of your screen, chat.restream.io slash FB, as in Facebook. If you go there, you can give Facebook permission to uh, release your name if you would like. So you show up on the screen with your name and your picture, uh, just like we see on LinkedIn right now and on YouTube. Mark LePage, you see over there on YouTube, Brian in LinkedIn. Oh, there's a name, uh, Shiroshi. I'm sure I butchered that and I apologize. So 
if um if i if i just completely killed that name i apologize just put in the in the uh, comments how to properly pronounce your name and i'll do better next time uh let's see who else has joined us benita welcome back from atlanta glad you're joining us today and anybody else as you come in as you're out there let us know that you're there let us know where there is for you john jones i see you over there in, in uh, connecticut from facebook glad you're joining us as well it is always fun i say this every single time that we we have these uh, context and clarity conversations. Always fun to see where this conversation spreads. And if you have never joined us before, it is not unusual for us to uh, to spread all around the, all around the world, all the way from Anaheim to Australia. And we do mean that literally. Actually, we'll probably have someone in California and someone in Australia, two different days at the same time. By the way, but. Uh, but we do spread these conversations around the world, so it's always fun to see where you are. So say hi when you get here. If you're listening to us in the future on the Context and Clarity podcast, welcome. Thanks for listening. Of course, you can listen to this conversation that we're going to have today with our special guest that we will reveal here momentarily and all of our Thursday afternoon guests anywhere you consume podcasts, uh, as well as our daily short form Context and Clarity podcast. It's a recap of yesterday and a preview of today. So all of that is out there as well as our Clubhouse 30-minute coffee conversations on the Clubhouse app every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. So with that, uh, joining me today as always, but not usually with this view, it's Catherine. Where are you, Catherine? Hi, I'm on the vineyard and it's a little loud, so I'm going to mostly be muted. There's birds and barking dogs and screaming people and things. Screaming people. Occasionally, that yeah. concerns me a little bit. Well, we're on the water, and it it just seems to really uh, quite loud. So. All right. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us from the vineyard. Glad that uh, number one, you're unplugging a little bit, but obviously plugged in today. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not no. unplugging at all. It's just it's just okay. techno technologically more difficult. Okay. But there is a nice view. Yeah, nice change of scenery for you. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I see Rod's coming in. Uh, John Jones. Uh, that must be Tim from Hazy San Francisco. Let's see. One Facebook user says it's weird. I'm logged into Restream, but it's not showing. Hmm, I don't have an answer for that. I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. Let's see. We'll see if we can uh, figure anything out. And okay, here's the correct, correct pronunciation. Shri, uh, Shrioshi. Okay, Shrioshi. I'm going to try to remember that. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that correction. I do like to try to get people's names right. Well, we have a uh, we have a special guest with us as we do every Thursday afternoon. I'm looking forward to this. We've been talking all week about some pretty tactical marketing topics, and the reason that we've been covering those topics is because of our special guest. The way that we design our show uh, or the theme for our week is around the special guest that we have every Thursday. So we understand who that guest is, what we'll talk about with that guest, and we line up an entire week's worth of topics um, that hopefully will relate to uh, our conversation on Thursday. And so um, I, think we've, I think we've done a good job of lining those up this week. We've been talking about marketing plans. We've been talking about lead generation or finding leads. We've been talking about tracking your marketing activities. So I think it's only appropriate that I announce today that our guest, our guest today is a mentor, a strategist, and a trainer. 
She's an AEC marketer, an expert in proposals and systems and CRMs. Do you know what a CRM is? But <laughs> if you if you know what a CRM is, type that into the uh, comments section. What does CRM mean? Well, our guest today is an expert in that. We'll figure out if if uh, how many of us know what that is. She's also the host of the Marketers Take Flight podcast, which is a good podcast if you want to know about marketing in the AEC world. You should check out the Marketers Take Flight podcast, especially if you are a marketing coordinator or someone that's just sort of finding your way in on the marketing side of architecture and engineering. Uh, you should take you should check out the Marketers Take Flight podcast. With that, Lindsay Divin, welcome to Context and Clarity Live. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's such an honor to be here. I'm like so excited that. I'm like kind of the grand finale, I think, of your week, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess so. I guess you could totally look at it that way. Yeah, we, we, uh, like I said, we do look at who our guests will be and what we know the conversation topics will be. And we try to, we try to kind of build up to that conversation. And we've been talking about, uh, actually for, I guess about five weeks now, we've been covering different marketing topics, some of them fairly philosophical, some of them very high level, you know, 30,000 foot view. We had Mark Schaefer last week, uh, who's a marketing thought leader and author. But of course, that conversation is going to be at a pretty, you know, 30,000 foot view, like I said. Mm -hmm. um, and so in a way, it was very refreshing to get down to a pretty boots on the ground tactical view of of, um, you know, these marketing topics, like I said, that we've talked about this week, but understanding that our audience may be slightly different today because we are simulcast to all the, mm -hmm. all the places to LinkedIn, as well as Facebook and YouTube and Twitch, uh, for our mm -hmm. huge following there on Twitch. Um, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I didn't, I didn't either, Lindsay. <laughs> I think we've got, uh, four followers now on Twitch. So that's, okay. that's, uh, it's actually exponentially higher yeah, than where we started. a lot more than we had. Yeah, you quadrupled. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's that's growth, boys and girls. <laughs> um, but most most of the people in our audience are small firm architects, mm -hmm. small business owners. Um, you know, I, I know that some joining us from uh, LinkedIn are probably um, probably some of your friends, people that know you, others from the SMPS world. So high mm -hmm. SMPS friends out there yeah. and, and marketers out there, but an awful lot of small business owners who are challenged because mm -hmm. they're wearing a whole lot of hats, yes. right? They're, they're wearing the 17 hats of the entrepreneur. Marketing is something they have to worry about as well as finances, as mm -hmm. well as doing the work, as well as everything else. Um, when we're talking about many in professional services, architects, certainly engineers, attorneys, doctors, they went to school. They were trained for something completely different. Mm -hmm. And we were talking offline yeah. about the fact that, uh, and I mentioned this on Clubhouse this morning, I am asked sometimes to speak to pro practice classes at architecture schools about marketing or about branding. And I know that I am that component of the semester for them. So I know that they get like 45 minutes <laughs> of marketing. So maybe the place to start this conversation is what is marketing? Yeah. Yeah. What is it? And when you told me that, I was like, I knew architects and engineers didn't get that much training or, you know, in marketing or sales, but only 45 minutes. I was, I was <laughs> yeah. shocked. 
So yeah, so I love that we're starting with this question. Um, what is marketing? And um, I can give you like a textbook definition, but really what it is, is it's promoting your product or your services. So for us, it's our services um, to many. So it's promoting your services in a marketplace to many. And that's different than sales because sales is typically or, you know, in the industry, we call it business development or sales um, or I've heard it called project development. That's really more on an individual scale, right? You're talking to somebody about an upcoming project. You might produce a proposal for them. You might have an interview with them. That's sales. That's one to one or one to few. Marketing is one to many. And part of that is um, back, I was harking back to my old textbook days. Um, you know, I studied marketing at the University of Florida. So go Gators. I have to plug that every time I'm like obligated. And, you know, th back then they taught us product marketing and mostly consumer product marketing. And there was four P's, product, place, price, and promotion. And so I've learned over the years how to equate those to our services industry um, and our design industry. And really our product is our service. So that's your design. That's your ideas, your solutions. Um, you know, and everybody has hopefully has something that differentiates them to other from other designers, other architects, whether it's a niche that you, um, you know, design in you know, like five-star restaurants versus, you know, K through 12 elementary schools, the different niches. Sure, yeah. So that's your product, really. Um, and then the place, that's really, you know, the markets that you serve. So unlike a store, which that's their place, you know, you go into an Apple store, that experience is a lot different than Walmart, you know. And so it's kind of like, you know, the markets that you serve and how you serve them, that's kind of like the place. Price is price, right? We all we all get that. And then a promotion. And so a lot of people think that's the promotion part is really what marketing is. And it it is part of it. It's one of the four parts of it. And and promotion is where a lot of people really think that all of it is. And I see um, somebody asked what is PR and how is it relevant to architects? PR fits in that promotional piece of marketing. It's one way to promote your practice. And, and PR is public relations. It's really the non-paid exposure you get. The, the placement in magazines, um, the placement, um, you know, the mentions in a local newspaper, um, coming on podcasts like this. Some people could say that this is like PR. I'm getting a lot of free exposure to my podcast and to me and my brand by coming on like this. So some people could say that this could be a little bit of PR as well. So PR is part of the promotion piece. But a lot of people think that an advertising falls in that promotion piece. So a lot of people, when they think of marketing, they go straight to that promotion and they think that's all it is. But it's really all the four things working together. I know you, earlier this week, you guys talked about marketing plans. And so some of that, you know, your marketing plan covers a lot of these things. And a lot of it comes in your sales strategy or your strategic plan really feeds into your marketing plan as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, so that's, 
that helps understand what it is. And, you know, as I'm, I'm listening, it's, you know, also understanding that marketing in the AEC world is a little bit different mm-hmm. from some other areas. And it, it always, I, I always wonder, you know, if I'm at an SMPS event or something like that, and there are a bunch of young marketing coordinators <laughs> in, in the room that. SMPS. What does that, what does that uh, mean, Jeff? Uh, yes. What is S and P S, Lindsay? Simple marketing something. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not simple. No, it's ratified. Uh, it's an organization, and it stands for the Society for Marketing Professional Services. Okay, I was so totally you, wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but That's, I was wanting to see you go and see what else you could come up with with the abbreviations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, that was a good question, though. That was a very good question. Yes, thank you I'm, for yeah. Calling us out on the jargon. Exactly. That's why why I'm here. I don't know anything about any of this. So I'm just representing the, um, you know, the architects in the room. (laughs) It, it always, um, when I'm, when I'm at an event like that and I see the young marketing coordinators that are probably a year or two out of school, Mm -hmm. you know, I go, I'll bet when you were in school, this is not, what you thought it was going to be like, um, you know, so, so much of, of marketing in the AEC world is fulfillment, you know, the, the response mm-hmm. to the, mm-hmm. the RFPs and the RFQs, although there are, there are an awful lot of people in our audience today that uh, don't necessarily pursue work in that way. Right. Right. Um, but, um, but, but I, I do, I always wonder, you know, well, what are, what are they, what are they thinking? At this point, it's like, what did I get myself into? Yes, yes, yeah. Well, and, and I and I also argue not to go off on a tangent that um, at the firms that do have marketing coordinators that are responding to proposals, they're not. That's not. That's really more on the sales side. That's like true. sales fulfillment. Yep. Um, and so that's why also I think it gets a little confusing in our industry because we call everything marketing. Yes, whether it's like sales, all the lines. Yes, yeah. So. I'm a big proponent of, you know, clearly, you know, when I go and start working with a new firm, I clearly make sure that everybody understands the difference between marketing and sales because it is different activities. Right. It's different um, expectations um, and different goals. You know, mm-hmm. sales, you're closing the deal. I mean, that's right. that's the ultimate goal. Whereas marketing you want your brand or your agency or your firm to be known for your product, you know, your service in those particular markets. So in, and there's some marketing that's like lead gen, you know, to get people to like, you know, fill out forms on your website and raise their hand and say, Hey, I'm interested in talking to you. But really marketing is really that promoting out outward. Whereas sales is like closing the deal. And you mentioned lead gen and, and, you know, different, you know, kind of getting into um, different aspects and and different, uh, different uh, goals. Mm -hmm. So if, if you were, you know, like Catherine said, um, representing the, the architect side, the small architect side, if you were a small, if you maybe were consulting Mm -hmm. with a small firm. There's an awful lot of sole practitioners probably in the audience today. What do you? Th- what would you say? Well, let me back that up. Let's, let's just kind of be methodical about it. What's okay. the first thing? What's the first thing 
that a sole practitioner who's been in business for a year or 10 years, it doesn't matter, um, but they may look around, you know, they may have shown up to Context and Clarity on Monday and I asked about the marketing plan and they went, ooh, yeah, I don't have one of those. <laughs> so what, what's the first thing that somebody needs to do? So I think the first thing too is what I would do is get really clear about who your ideal clients are and your ideal projects. Cause it's, it's, it, because you don't know what to promote or talk about until you know who you're going to be talking to and who you want to be talking to. And so that would be the first step is have some conversations around, um, you know, in other industries, they call it your ideal audience. But for us, it's like, who are our ideal, who do we want to work with? You know, maybe we're not working with them today. Maybe you are, or, um, you know, or you want to work with more clients like that. What do they look like? What, what market are they in? What location are they in? You know, what, you know, find out as much information about that. We call them targeted, targeted clients. Um, and that would be the first thing I would do because that will make the rest of the steps so much easier. And where I see a lot of firms making mistakes is they just say, well, everyone, we want every project. We want every client. It's really hard to craft any type of messaging or even try to do any type of PR campaign or advertising campaign or if you don't, if to everybody. So um, I know some firms really niche down. Some firms keep it a little bit more broad. I will say it's harder it, the more broad you go and say, you know, I, I'm in Florida. I'm going to work. I want to do every project in Florida. Well, no, like that's, you know, not going to, it's going to be, it's going to look a lot different if I want to say, well, I just want to do golf course clubhouses versus, I don't know, quick service fast food restaurants. You know, th that's a very different messaging and very different clientele that have different needs um, and respond to different, um, respond to different messaging and promotions. And, you know, they, they read different magazines. They read, you know, different, they have in different industry associations. They have different golf tournaments they go to. I don't know. You know, yeah. so once you get that targeted audience, um, and it could be people, like I said, you're working with right now, but it could be like who you aspire to work with. Right. In the future. But getting really crystal clear on that. And I mean, we write down like another industry jargon term our personas. Mm -hmm. um, and we write a story, we write what they are, you know, what, what kind of company they are, or if they're individuals or, you know, their, their likes, dislikes, desires, goals, you know, we, we make a little story out of it. And that becomes much easier than when we talk about the next steps to craft all the next steps once you get clear on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point. And I'm going to, I'm going to read a comment because I don't think this will actually fit on the screen. Uh, Brian says, I'd like to think of marketing as the process of promoting your firm with the goal of starting conversations with prospects. There you go. Well, it does fit on the screen. Yeah, Thanks, that's, that's great. That's a great way to think about it. Now, to be clear, Brian's a marketer, so <laughs> he's going to get a leg up on on some of these answers. Yeah, and yeah. So you know that was that was almost a little bit cheating, but uh, but he's right. Now, 
Um, I also see that Brian, of course, uh, answered the CRM question properly, correctly, as he should have. Uh, I'll give you half a point for that, Brian. But Benita says, customer relationship management tool helps tracking and managing leads. So Benita, we're sending a crocheted bathtub to you for that correct answer. That's, uh, that's excellent. That's a good job. It's a good job. She got the CRM question right. Um, and Christian mentions uh, j- jargon monoxide poisoning, which we talk about every once in a while. Uh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's good. So we've um, we've identified, we've thought about who our ideal client is, and for mm-hmm. everybody out there that's a uh, uh, context and clarity. Uh, Regular, I promise I did not pay Lindsay to start right out of the gate with talking about ideal clients. It's true, he didn't say anything about that before. Yeah. Um, so, we, so we know we know who they are. We're mm-hmm. s- small firm, one person firm, mm-hmm. maybe. What do we do next? Yeah. So, from the marketing, I would say that you you have your targeted audience. Um, you if you need to research like where they are, you know, so um, what, you know, are they typically on LinkedIn or on Instagram? What publications are they reading? So you want to do some research, you know, reach out to a couple of them, talk to them. Um, This is what we call market research. Um, It's a fancy term, but it's really just, you know, getting more insight to, um, to kind of validate your original assumptions or change, um, you know, some, some of the information you originally thought. And, and then, you know, so you do that quote unquote market research, which scares a lot of people, but it's, it's really a fancy term. Um, and, you know, and for this purpose, it, it's really just talking to them, um, and, and having some conversations with them. Um, and sometimes clients or potential clients are a little bit more open when you're just like, I just want to get to know you. Um, I'm not looking for any work or anything. And if you have current clients that meet that targeted um, client, that those are the perfect people because you already have a relationship with them. Um, and you can, you can ask them some questions and then that'll help you, you know, and, and you can follow kind of some of the stuff that they follow or they read so you can kind of see what those people are putting out so if there's a particular magazine or if there's a particular blog that they read or a podcast they listen to you can kind of listen to that as well so you can kind of just see what kind of information um they're digesting and what yeah. resonates with them yeah. and then and and the messaging with that but this doesn't have to be a big effort I mean, it could, you could spend a couple weeks, you know, so it's not, um, the thing about marketing is it's always changing and always fluid. So it's not like you're going to get it wrong <laughs> and then, and then stop doing it. Like you're going to get it wrong and then you're going to adjust. You're going to get it wrong and then you're going to adjust or you're going to get it right. And you're going to be like, Ooh, that really worked. And you're going to keep doing it. Um, you're, and when I say really works, you're going to get a lot of response back. You're going to get a lot of engagement back. And so, so the market research, um, a little bit, and like I said, it, it sounds like scary, but it's not, I promise I've done it. Some people call it like client perception. Some people call it market research. I just say, go talk to people and ask them what they read, what they listen to and where they hang out. Yeah. I, a minute ago, you called it getting to know your clients or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I, I think that's the perfect view. 
Mm-hmm. Right. You know, may, maybe the place to start is think about your favorite clients over the past two or three years and go have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what are yeah. you reading? What are you, where are you going? What are you supporting? I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So oh. Chris wants to know if that should be, he should be asking that and tracking that with each new client or is it would be each client type? What social media sites, what publications do you read? What podcasts do you listen to? So I would guess it would be like each type. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you don't want to have it like a checklist where you're interviewing them like on the first call, but I think you can bring it up casually in conversations just with like what Jeff was just saying is just like getting, it's part of getting to know and building that relationship. So I wouldn't have it as like a client intake form. Like you're at the doctor and you're like, okay, do you, and what social media ones and, da, 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 and, and check it off. I think it needs to be casual. It needs to be like sincere. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the easiest thing you can do too, and I don't see enough people doing this, um, is when you start working with somebody, connect with them on LinkedIn. That should be your first thing. You, not your firm, but you personally connecting with that person. And that's also too, you can kind of see what they're posting and following and sharing. Um, You know, I say LinkedIn because that's typically a little bit less invasive. (laughs) Um, You know, for a professional, I do have had, I've had some clients um, connect with me on Facebook and some people are a little bit more guarded on Facebook. Um, And my Instagram is public. So, you know, people can follow me, but LinkedIn tends to be a little bit more professionally acceptable um, to make that connection. So when you do get a new client, you know, Hopefully you're having some meetings or phone calls with them just to kind of kick off the project or understanding of the project. So you can intertwine some of those questions um, in there and just your normal conversations and then connect with them on LinkedIn. Can I I ask a question about LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. Should you, is it creepy to, um, is it creepy to hook or ask them to, I don't know what you do on LinkedIn, if it's your prospective client? <clears throat> if it's just someone that you've met with and they haven't accepted your proposal yet, let's say, is that creepy and kind of stalkerish? No, I do that. I, I mean, they're going to know you're looking anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, it, I think it's if you've had a conversation with them, um, or you've or you've communicated back and forth, um, and you say, hey, you know, you obviously send a little note and say it was great talking to you last week about this potential project. I hope we can connect here as well or we can continue the connection here. Um, I always say add a little note to give it context. So it's not just appears like spam. Um, Cause I know we, you, we probably all get those connection requests that we are like, who is this person or where did I meet them? Just the and, of people. <laughs> so, um, so I think that also is part, and, and this is an ongoing thing. So I, cause we meet people all the time and, we should be connecting with them and then we can kind of monitor it. And then that way you're kind of, and this isn't like hours on end, right? You hop on LinkedIn a couple times a week, check it for like 10 minutes, see what people are doing and then get on with your day. It, I mean, you can spend hours. I don't, I don't, you know, we're all busy. Um, but when you're in this market research phase, you might spend a little bit more time looking at stuff, but then you can get, you know, get on with it. Yeah. Shriyoshi, Shriyoshi says uh, clients are people too. And I think that's the perfect comment. Right? I think this, the, you know, for the context that we're talking about right now, um, 
is is it creepy to follow someone on Facebook? I don't know. What would it, what would a normal person feel like or think think like? Right? You know. We, yeah. Um, we've got to we've got to remember the human side of what we're talking about, even though uh, a lot of modern marketing is is online and and mm-hmm. digital, et cetera. So that's that's a great comment. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, yeah. So clients clients are people. So if it would creep you out, then don't do it to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. yeah. And so, you know, we're, we're connecting with people. We're getting to know people. Um, like we said, Brian, a, a few minutes ago talked about it, you know, marketing sort of being the lead up, hopefully to starting mm-hmm. conversations. Um, what happens when we're starting, you know, let's say it this way. We're starting to build, we're starting to connect with people Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn, on Facebook, wherever, wherever it is. Mm -hmm. What, what do we do to stay in touch with these people? Because it's, Mm. it's not going to be, Hey, we connected on LinkedIn. Are you going to hire me? Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be that quick. Right. So so what do we do um, once we're connected with people? How do we we foster these relationships? So I think in, Part of it is continuing to have a reason to talk with them. And so usually it's, you know, you can maybe a couple of times be like, hey, I just wanted to check in. How are things going? You know, if you had something to talk about, you know, from a previous meeting or follow up, those are like natural, like course of the relationship. If you don't or you just kind of met and then connected and don't really have a reason to continue the conversation, then there's there's a couple ways where I stay in contact with people. And usually it's, I have something interesting to share. So either something interesting um, that I think they would find value from that somebody else created. So like an article or an interesting project or an insight um, or something, a piece of content I've created. Um, I believe in um, part of the next step, if we want to talk tactics Everybody on here that has a firm needs to have a website and they need to be doing some kind of publishing on that website. And the medium of that is up to to you, whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, But the thing, the great thing about architecture, um, I don't know if we have any engineers on, but you guys do some pretty crazy, awesome work. And every project has like hundreds of stories, like micro stories or micro decisions or just so interesting. I mean, I used to work for a civil engineering firm and that was like super boring. Pipes in the ground. Like, how are we going to talk about that? But when then I started working for an architecture firm and I'm like, oh my God, this is like so, so fun to market. Um, And so whatever medium that is, whether if you like to go on video and talk about it, you like to share pictures, you like to write, you like to go on clubhouse now and just talk about it, like sharing that and then, you know, putting it up on your website somehow. And then, um, and then, and then that's where the promotion comes in and then promoting those, that, those pieces. And that can be done through, you know, your email marketing, your social media marketing, PR, all those tactical things, those are the promotion piece. And, um, but I, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's easy and hard because you're, you're most architects, they, they have their heads down. They're doing the work. 
And so they don't think about, oh, well, you know, we had, you know, I'm sketching up these couple of options for this client and they don't think about, oh, well, let me just pause right here and just turn my phone on and talk through the differences between these three options and why I, I differentiated, you know, this roof line from that roof line and oriented the building this way. That's a, that's a 30 second, one minute video that you can just throw up on your website and then YouTube and wherever. And it, and it's really selling without selling because you're just sharing your expertise. And those are conversation starters. And so I, I, I get, I get very excited because (laughs) there's so many stories like that, but I get it because you're busy. You have your head down, you're doing your work and, and trying to get it done for the client because we live in a deadline driven world. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think there are are lots of strategies like and, and the one you just shared is perfect, right? You could you could turn your your whatever phone you have on, f- flip it to video and and do it and then and and, and we I've shared this before that uh I, I've shared my process before where I can I can produce this, this and this and this and this in, in like thirty minutes, right? You know, mm-hmm. short video and and push it out to this place and that place, but not everybody uh, is comfortable with that. Right. Um, you know, don't feel like they have the technical skills, knowledge, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So if, if that's a barrier, and, and it mm-hmm. certainly could be for a lot mm-hmm. of people, what about the idea of what do I need to do versus what could I or should I delegate? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it's a, maybe it's an intern, maybe it's a, a consultant, what do you, what do you think for a small firm? Is yeah. there is there a sort of a rule of thumb or or rules of engagement that they should keep yeah. in mind? I think the first thing to do is to get into that mindset, like because you can outsource all of this, but you are the content, you are the creator of the content, so you have to get into the mindset of or or just remember, oh hey, I should probably write this down because this could be an interesting tidbit mm-hmm. to share. So you have to start getting into that mindset because a consultant can't really, I mean, they can come in after the fact and try to pull it out from you, but like maybe every Friday, just look back on your week and be like, was there something interesting that happened or something that I, you know, what did we do this week? What drawings did we get done this week or what planning or charrettes did we have that would be interesting? And just start kind of writing those down almost like, you know, potential content journal or something like that. Um, because then you can then give that to a consultant, an intern. I would say intern. I love interns. Hire some college interns. Have them follow you around with a camera while you work and document everything. Because I, I, I love it. and they'll and then they can they can edit it and post. You know, either edit the video or edit the audio or edit the writing and make some graphics and throw it up there. Um, the the editing and posting those are perfect things to outsource or to delegate um but the actual content creation really needs to come from you guys um and so just having that kind of like that oh this is interesting let's talk about this or this is this could be interesting let's talk about that just having putting those thoughts in your head while you're doing the work that's the hardest part um and once you do it, it's 
it gets easier. It's like, you know, it's just kind of changing your behavior. Um, you know, if you do it over time and you practice, um, or you just, you know, even set yourself an outlook reminder, you know, think about something I did this week for, um, you know, that could be interesting to potential to our targeted audience. That that's an interesting point right there too. Interesting to our target targeted audience. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance, right? You know, I may be working mm-hmm. on this project and I know that that thing I just did is a stroke of brilliance. You know, maybe it's super technical. I figured something out. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe I'm geeking out on some sort of code uh, provision or whatever, mm-hmm. but does my targeted audience care mm-hmm. would be, would be, I think a question we need to, need to ask. So yeah. how do we balance yeah. what we care about versus what our target audience, our ideal clients care about? Yeah. So, um, I think it's part of the packaging of that. So like your code variants or whatever, your client might not even know that that's an issue right. or that could potentially be an issue because they're, they don't know because they're not an architect. They're like the owner's rep or they're the the business owner that's hiring you. Um, and so, you know, framing it in that way of, you know, be prepared for this, you know, don't be, you know, don't let your project be delayed by this code, you know, violation or, you know, so I think as long as you then package it in a way that is beneficial to them, you know, that it could be a question they've asked you in the past. That's usually a good first place to start. The questions that your ideal clients ask you over and over again in every meeting, those are like good places to start. And then the questions that they don't ask, but you know are going to be an issue or mm-hmm. could be an issue because you're the expert and you've done this project so many, this type of project so many times, you know that we're going to get hung up on this code because we we do every time we do a project in this city, we've got to deal with this code. Um, and so you can do preemptive questions that you know that they're not going to ask, but that should be asking. What one technique I like, you know, if, if we're trying to come up with content ideas along just along the lines of what you just said, because it's the key is relevance, right? Mm-hmm. If if I'm doing this brilliant thing, I've got to ask, how is this relevant to them? It's brilliant in my mind, but but is it relevant to them? I love the idea of going into you mentioned Outlook before or your what whatever your mail mm-hmm. service is, Outlook or Gmail or something. Just do a search how do I, or how do we, or what is, you know, the, 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 the things that preface the questions that you get and just do a search. You're going to get a huge list and go through there. And when it comes up more than once, you know, you get the same question twice. That's a, that's a content idea right there. Because um, if a couple of people have that question, a lot of people have that question. Yeah. And you can take another big um, thing I like to do because um, especially at small firms, because we don't have a lot of time to generate lots of new content. So what I also recommend is repurposing. And so you can take that one question, let's yep. say, and you can write a blog article and put it on your website. You can record yourself answering the question. And so that's a video. You can come up with um, a visual representation 
of that question, you know, whether it's sketches or diagrams or just photos um, or a case study of, you know, where you, you answer that question in a project and you kind of just talk about the project that way. You can make other kind of graphics from that. So you can take, um, I'm a big fan um, of taking this, this content and trying and then challenging yourself to repurpose it like three or four different times. Mm-hmm. And so if you take one piece of content and let's say you try to repurpose it four times, well, that's like you can post that once per month and that's four months of content and just from one. And so maybe you do like four or five a year and then you pretty much have the whole year and you, you know, repurpose those four times. That's 16 pieces of content. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's a lot. So, um, so I'm a big fan of repurposing because we are busy and people like to get content in different ways. So some people like, I love listening to podcasts. So that's the majority of how I consume my content. But my husband, he's a big fan of YouTube. So he just sits there and watches YouTube. Um, and he consumes his, he's a, he's in construction. He consumes his content that way. So, um, so you, so you might find, I might listen to your podcast, but then he'll watch it on YouTube. Right. Same piece of content. Yeah. So, so if you think about, I mean, you know, pretty much the sky's the limit, right? We've got YouTube and Instagram and, you know, 16 different okay. ways to post on Instagram and Twitch, <laughs> Twitch, now that, I've Twitch, about. <laughs> Twitch that you know now. And so right now on the screen, I see. Um, I, I happen to know that that is a, a message through Twitch from Kurt, the urban collab architecture. That's oh, Kurt. okay. He says, uh, Lindsay sounds like Jeff with atomizing content. So what you just described, I call atomizing content. Okay. Same thing. Yeah. Um, but, but that came through Twitch. Okay. Um, there, you know, there's, there's all kinds of platforms and next week there will be a new platform. Right. Right. So, right. uh, and you said earlier, I mean, everything continues to change. Yeah. So do you, do you have favorite platforms, uh, for architects or are you simply looking for where are my ideal clients and trying to meet them in that place? Do, do you, do you have a feeling one way or another, Hey, architects should be doing this one, this one, and this one, or it goes mm-hmm. back to what you said earlier and say, you know, hey, if if your clients are only only on LinkedIn or only on Facebook, then you should be there. Exactly. Yeah, I right. think it's it's part of that market research of your ideal clients. Now they might be on multiple platforms, but right. where they find their you know industry information or their professional development information, mm-hmm. or you know places where they're looking for um, resources that aren't like personal, you know, like. Mm-hmm we probably all go on Facebook to look at our cousins and our nieces and our nephews, but we're not in the right mindset. We might not be in the right mindset to like read a report about a new code for architecture projects. So, so, you know, that goes back to the market research. I'm a big proponent. You would think like LinkedIn would be like a lot of, I know a lot of architecture firms that are on LinkedIn because Architecture is very visual. It's a very, you know, you have a very tangible product, you know, product at the end. You you beautiful buildings. Um so it's a very visual medium, but that doesn't mean that your ideal clients are, 
you know, and your targeted audience are on there. So I do tend to lean, uh, you know, heavily into the market research to find where they're at and then just start with one channel Um, because it's, it's easy to get on all of them, but it's hard to maintain. Like you can go and reserve all your handles on all of them, but it's really hard and time consuming to maintain. And it's, it's really hard to be successful and, and really drive the growth and the engagement um, on more than I would say one channel um, at a time. Now, if you get successful at it and you're able to hire some staff or a consultant, then yeah, you can add more. But I, I usually tell people let's start start with one, get really good at it, really grow that, and then experiment with the next one. You said something a minute ago that I think is really important. You didn't say it exactly this way, but what popped into my head was uh, you were talking about the the code information on Facebook when you're looking at the nieces and nephews, right? So uh, context matters, mm-hmm. right? You may, you may, yeah, your ideal client may be on Facebook for, you know, the reasons like you said, but that's probably not the context for that they're expecting the uh the code report or whatever it is so so i I think that's that's a really great comment um you know we've been talking about this promotion and pushing this out through Mm -hmm. um different platforms Mm -hmm. how do you feel about ads whether it's google or it's facebook or it's linkedin ads what what, instagram i guess too yeah Uh, what, what what about what about ads? Use them or not? I have not used them for architecture for any of the the architecture or engineering firms I've worked at. I have seen them used um, for architecture and engineering firms, but they've really been around not like their services, but like some kind of content marketing piece. So some kind of report or some kind of um, you know I there are some larger architecture firms. Um, Oh gosh, goodness. The name is escaping me where they do like the status of the workplace, um, or the workplace design, um, report. And so they do these like big industry, you know, primary research reports of a particular industry. And that's what they're using paid ads for, um, to get people. And that's kind of like their lead magnet, you know, to generate to get people onto the, you know, to download the report, collect their email address to, so then they can like market, you know, use email marketing, you know, to do that. And so I, unless you're going to do something like that, I don't know that it is, or you're very niche, like mm-hmm. you're the only person that, you know, or one of a few firms in the country that does ABC. Um, but if that's the case, you know, so you could probably do some Google because, you know, if somebody's searching that, you know, you, hopefully you'll be the first one ranked anyways in the search result. But I don't, I don't really see a lot. Um, well, I, I think the point of the, the ad is dry and I'll try to be careful here because obviously we don't want to go too deep in the weeds and and make this a long conversation about advertisement or advertising. But I think the point that the ad drives to a piece of content or, or an event, a mm-hmm. webinar, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
uh, when you when you're talking about the workplace, I was also it's like I think that's Gensler, but it may not. Yes, be. yes, I think that's I think that's it. I can I can't believe I, that name escapes me. Well, but but uh, there are a lot of people, especially a couple of months into the the pandemic and the shutdowns, there are a lot of people talking about the the uh, uh, future of the workplace. But Gensler was one that came to my mind. But yeah. um, but but I think that's an excellent point, right? If you're if you're going to if you're going to spend money on ads, what where are you driving them to? Exactly. And I I think to me, and again I try not to get too deep in the weeds, but to me it's it's like you're not going to drive them to a conversation about hiring me, right? Yeah. You're going to drive them to a thought leadership article or a webinar or something. That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then continue to nurture them, right? After that, so you. The thing about ads um, and really like even some of the organic, you have to think about, well, what comes next? Mm -hmm. Like, especially if you're collecting an email, like you have them download something and you're collecting an email, you need to have a plan in place to, you know, email them monthly or email them biweekly, you know, to stay, to nurture them and keep move them along that journey to get closer to that conversation of, you know, working with them. So, and, no, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. So. No, no, no. I, well, I'm just wondering, so the plan, like the marketing plan would be writing this down. Like the actual plan is uh, put out content on Instagram every day. That's it. it. Would, and and yeah, then the plan, like put out ads and then that would be another, you know, I just need, actually be, need to what it looks like. Yeah. So the plan would be, it would start with your targeted audience. Yeah. And then it would recap that market research of of you know where we are going to be and then it would say well what we're going to do so knowing this our strategy is to get in front of abc people that are um you know golf course owners in florida i don't, so I don't know. write that down yes yeah and, oh, okay. and then and, and then you say okay well then how are we going to get in front of them and that's your channels your promotions you know and so that's a lot of people jump to that end and say, okay, well, we're going to have an Instagram channel and we're going to put out, uh, you know, three pictures a week. Well, that's, but what do you, what are they going to be and who are you targeting? So you got to yeah. do all that upfront work first, target okay. an audience, where they're at, and then who they are, and then what you're going to say to them, <laughs> and then how you're going to say it, and then where you're going to say it. And that's the channels. So you see, okay. and, and writing it all down is key. Like you actually have to write it down. Yeah. You can't just think it. Yeah. And okay. hopefully, right. and hopefully, put a budget to it. Okay. Yeah. Because this that is it, it costs money. I mean, even though you might promote it through social media, which is free, it's your time to yeah. create it, um, and it's your um, or somebody else's time to create it. Or you know, paying somebody to post it and edit it and monitor it. Another thing about a marketing plan is then some goals. Like what what do we want to achieve um, with this? Do we want it to be, you know, you can have a goal of brand awareness. So what does that look like? Well, maybe we want, you know, our website traffic to increase. Maybe we want to get some placement in some publications. And then, you know, we'll get some brand exposure that way. Um, or you know, so that's one strategy. Another strategy is, or objective is lead generation. So we want to start 
X number of conversations. <laughs> we want this to start. And so the first time you do this, your goals are going to just be a shot in the dark. Like, <laughs> but you got to set a goal. I, you know, I was just talking to somebody yesterday about mar- her marketing budget. And she's like, I have no idea. She's like, we've never tracked it. I don't know. You know, should it be a percentage of revenue? Should it be, you know, um, and I, you know, I gave her my thoughts and she, and she's like, but I really don't know. I go, just start with a number and then just start tracking it. And that's the same thing with marketing goals. Um, but I'm a big proponent of having goals because a lot of times people think marketing is just this like fluff of stuff we have to do, but there's no, you know, we can't measure it. And I said, well, put some numbers on it and then you can measure it. Um, and those first set of numbers are going to be, like I said, a shot in the dot. You know, you're going to just throw a bullseye somewhere and make up some numbers. But then you can see after you start tracking it, you know, and those metrics, like I said, could be like website visitors, people added to your email list, your, your own personal LinkedIn connections. Um, it could be, you know, okay, we're going to, you know, choose our channels LinkedIn. So let's grow our LinkedIn page. What's our engagement on our LinkedIn? You know, um, you know, all those kind of metrics to how many times we're getting phone calls or emails to set up the meetings and where, you know, and we're, we're going to start asking people that call or email us, how did you hear about us? Mm-hmm. And we're going to start tracking that. Yeah, I think that point that you just made about, you know, pe- people saying you can't track your marketing or to, to me, that's that's a real danger zone, right? Yeah. And and one of the things that has always bothered me is that a lot of a lot of firms see marketing as a cost, mm-hmm. as a cost center. And if, you know, one of the reasons is if they're actually tracking everything, if nothing else, they're putting the salary of the marketing person. If they if that's you know if that's their setup, they're putting that in overhead, right? So mm-hmm. uh, so that's why they see it that way, but. If, like you said, if we're attaching numbers to things, if we're assigning numbers to things and we have goals and we're tracking those goals, then, then we can change that mindset to marketing being an investment. Mm -hmm. And it really needs to be an investment. Um, you know, it's that, that's such a slippery slope. Yeah. Looking at marketing as that cost center. Uh, mm-hmm. rather than an investment. And, um, you know, the fact of the matter is, and it's probably even more poignant to to uh, the small firm architects, the, the sole practitioners, et cetera, if you're not marketing, eventually you're not paying your mortgage. Okay. Right. So, right. so um, somebody mentioned on Clubhouse this morning, I think it was Christian was talking about uh, about this this longtime boss that that never did anything any marketing it all came through um, word of mouth you know re- repeats and referrals which is which is a big part of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of most firms but if that's where you're stopping right that's that is your eventual end mm-hmm. right because people yeah. retire people yeah. move to different organizations the people in your firm that hold those relationships may go somewhere else. You know, mm-hmm. if you've got someone that's an employee yeah. in your firm that has, that holds the key relationship with your best client and you say all of our work comes from repeat clients and referrals, you're in trouble. Yeah. Right? Because if yeah. that person leaves, you, you might be sunk. So, right. um, 
sorry, I'm getting up on the soapbox, but but we've got we've got to no matter how how small the organization is, we've we've got to at least do a minimal. It doesn't have to be super complicated, no. right? No. Um, just do the minimum to have some idea of what we're putting into it and what we're getting out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and hopefully there's some sort of Pavlovian reward that comes with it, yeah. right? Oh, wow. Right. Somebody somebody filled out uh, the form at the bottom of this blog post. Wow. Right? You know, there, mm-hmm. there's a result. Mm-hmm. That means something came from that hour or whatever I spent writing that writing and publishing that blog post. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, to, to everybody out there, and, and this is not just a small firm comment. No, no. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of uh, large firms towards the beginning of the pandemic that, um, that laid off a lot of people that we know in the marketing world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason that happens is because they're looking at it as the cost center. Yeah. Uh, and, and that becomes, you know, I can go way on, on that, but <laughs> that, 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 um, um, that, that reactionary uh, response is completely counterintuitive. Oh, mm-hmm. things are slowing down. Let's stop marketing. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> wait wait yeah. a minute. Time out. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Let's start promoting. Let's stop promoting our firm out into the marketplace. Yeah. Because and, that'll get us more work. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and and that's one problem mm-hmm. that's related, sort of, to one of the problems that a lot of small firm architects have. It's Hey, we're really busy right now, right? Which which is great, right? A lot of a lot of people are really busy. Oh, I, um, I've got to get the work done, mm-hmm. and and so a lot of things get prioritized higher than than marketing, and and marketing may not be getting done, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, that will be reflected at yeah. some point down the road too. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That I, I hear that a lot, and that we're too busy. We're too busy doing the work. And I said, okay, but marketing is like a machine. You know, mm-hmm. you have to feed the machine. Um, it's ongoing. You don't have to feed it every day, but it has to have a regular cadence, a regular feed schedule. And so you can't just stop it for the three months you're busy and then expect when those, when you're slowing down, okay, let's start marketing again. And it, you're going to have to ramp back up. Like, cause marketing is a long game. It is, it is, you know, you're not going to put a blog post out today and get a call tomorrow. You're going to put out 12 blog posts over the next year and maybe get a couple of people to fill out some forms. You know, it, it's the long game. It, it's putting, you know, it, it's putting your firm up there, you know, hopefully appealing to your ideal clients and they're going to use it as a resource. And then there, you don't know how many, you know, hopefully we'll know there's, there's certain IP trackers that you'll know you can set up on your website to know who's looking at it, but they might look at it five or six times or read all 12 of your blog posts before they even reach out to you. And so it is like a long game and knowing that you can't just stop it when you're busy and then pick it back up. Like you're, it, it like starts over completely again when you do that. And so I try to explain that to people like, Maybe when you're busy, you repurpose some more content or you, you know, maybe 
slow down your frequency a little bit, but don't stop. You know, maybe you were posting once a week and now you go every other week. Um, and in between you, you know, just put up a, a quick photo or something, you know, so it's, it's, you don't want to slow down too much because then you'll stop and you'll lose your momentum, but you've got to be feeding the machine. It needs to be fed. And, um, you know, when you're busy, that means your revenue is really good. Outsource it, you know, um, at that point and say, Hey, I need help for the next three months. Here's all the content we have. Figure out a repurposing plan and you can hire a consultant to do that. And, and for that time. So that way you're still just feeding the machine. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great point to the balance. You know, the, there's two general buckets of resources, the time and the money. When you have um, more time than money, you probably invest that time. Yeah. Uh, when you have more money than time, you try to preserve that time and focus on other things and, and use the money to outsource it. As you said, mm-hmm. um, this is obviously something we could talk about for about uh, 16 hours. Days. Days. <laughs> I could talk about this all, yeah. all day long. <laughs> More than 45 minutes, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> um, where could I'm, – I'm putting you the URL for your uh, – oh, I misspelled it. Let me change that. Where can people find out more? You've got a lot of resources on mm-hmm. your website, which – I think now I have spelled correctly and up on the screen. Um, MarketersTakeFlight.com mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, where you're, uh, they, they can find your podcast wherever they consume yeah. podcasts. But the same name, Marketers Take Flight. There you go. Yeah. And, and that's really home base for everything, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And on my website too, if you search like budgets, marketing plan, there's a marketing plan template. There is a BD template. So if you want to do a separate like sales plan, um, you know, but there's a marketing plan, there's marketing budgets templates. So if you just go there and search budget or plan, you will find those posts. Um, And all the podcast episodes are on there as well. Or you can listen to them on your favorite podcast device, (laughs) Um, player of choice. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, just to reiterate, there are a lot of great resources that Lindsay has on her website. Uh, So if if you've been listening to this, you know, we kind of, we we walk through some sort of Mm step-by-step and Mm -hmm. some good overviews of of a marketing plan, et cetera. But if you want to get even more actionable, go check that out, Mm marketerstakeflight.com and uh, check out the resources. Um, I know you've got a, you've got a course that is probably a little bit more advanced than what we're talking mm-hmm. about today, but tell me just real quickly about the course. Yeah. So the course is if you respond to RFPs or RFQs from clients, it's all about um, that managing that proposal process, the responding to RFPs. It's called the proposal pro course. And it's really made for people who are either new to the industry or new to proposals. Um, and it's really about, you know, dice, you know, reading those RFPs, figuring out a compliance matrix, scheduling, getting all the parts and pieces of the proposal, writing the proposal, um, and reviewing it and submitting it. So, um, it's, it's, it's really made for those responses to RFPs. Um, but then on marketerstakeflight.com, there is some, there are some other like mini courses. One of them is a business development planning workshop. So that's really around the business development side, you know, so do your sales plan because we would do a sales plan as well. A lot of those components make up the the beginning parts of the marketing plan, your ideal 
targeted clients. Um, and then what, and then ideal projects and then what you're going to do to close those deals. Um, so there's a mini workshop, um, on that website as well. That's a little bit less proposals and more like sales. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Great. Thank you for all those resources there. Um, so everyone's assignment is first of all, go to LinkedIn and connect with Lindsay. Yes. (laughs) Right. We talked about that earlier. Um, go, go there, connect with Lindsay, tell her thank you for being on Context and Clarity today. Um, maybe in the, uh, in the note that you send to her and, um, and then check out Marketers Take Flight podcast and the blog, which you've been, what are you seven or eight years into it now? When I officially launched it in July of 2012. So it was like July 3rd. It was right around (laughs) July 4th. So it's coming up on nine years. Well, congratulations a week early. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, very good. Very good. So everybody go check out marketerstakeflight.com. Connect with Lindsay on LinkedIn. Tell her thanks for being here on Context and Clarity. And um, for everybody else that's out there, of course, we'll have another Context and Clarity conversation tomorrow afternoon uh, inside the Entree Architect community Facebook group. Uh, Same bat time, same bat channel, 4 p.m. Eastern. Now tomorrow... Uh, we're back to our mini series on member spotlights. I can't tell you who the surprise member is tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to try not to screw up the <laughs> the title and reveal that too early, uh, like I did last time. But uh, we'll have another member spotlight tomorrow. Uh, I'll be on Clubhouse tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. It'll be another one of those get to know you. And uh, I think uh, another fun fact. Uh, episode of that on Clubhouse tomorrow. Maybe starting with um, what what arch- what school did you go to and why? Mm. It, that might be the uh, the hook tomorrow morning for get, getting to know you on Clubhouse. So, uh, hope that you can uh, join us in one of these versions of Context and Clarity. Of course, the short form podcast comes out every weekday morning before you get out of bed, so uh, you can consume it just like marketers take flight wherever you like to consume podcasts. Lindsay, thanks very much. Really appreciate you being here with yeah, us. Yeah, thanks so much. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Right, yeah, thanks thank for you. answering my stupid questions. No uh, stupid questions. You know what? I'm going to write it, actually write it down because I think that makes such a big difference, like mm-hmm. writing down the answers to ideal clients and all that stuff. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that adds some accountability to it as well. So um, yeah, yeah, write it down. Write it down on your whiteboard or wherever you want to write it down. Uh, appreciate all of you out there. Thanks for all of your comments that are streaming by here. Thanks for all of your questions. Um, you are the folks that make context and clarity a thing. So thank you for being, uh, being that and making this a thing. Because if it weren't for you, we wouldn't have had this conversation with Lindsay here today. So appreciate all of you. Have a, a great evening. Take care of yourselves. Be well. Stay well. Uh, stay safe. Keep those around you safe and well. Take a little bit of time to breathe this evening. Come back again tomorrow rejuvenated because we're going to do this again. So have a great evening, everybody. See you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's Context and Clarity Live episode. Selfishly, I love these conversations because I get to be the go-between between you and some really incredible guests. To that end, I want to know what you think about today's guest. Message me on the socials. I'm really easy to find. I'm Jeff underscore Eccles everywhere. If you happen to run across a white-haired chiropractor from Austin, Texas, yeah, that's not me. I'm the other Jeff Eccles. 
Oh, and if you have an idea for a future guest, tell me who it is and why you think they'd be a good guest for one of these conversations. Maybe we can get them on a future episode. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate you, and I'll see you next week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us. Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my One that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.